straight women are the most forgiving sexual partners in the world, and that's a fact. <laughs> that has to be the opener, right? And there. we have the opener. <laughs> 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 right after it went live Doesn't matter. You know, and we're banned <laughs> you're fat you're ugly you know you play airsoft your whole life whatever it is that's like holding you back it turns out straight women will fuck basically anything if you're nice so and, and we could even be shitty and some of them like that too so you know there's somebody out there for everybody Target, <laughs> will you be my life coach josh you know so i I've been get, I keep getting these ads for like um, I'm gonna I gotta send you guys this link because it's fucking outrageous and I think I'm gonna troll this dude because I have no one left to troll like in <laughs> Um and it's this dude his name's Garrett J White and he does this program called Wake Up Warrior never been in the military he wears like a weird military outfit and like coaches it's like okay it's like this weird it's like a combination of like Christian theology marriage counseling and like business advice but like but if you like scope his business out because he's you know, he's got this whole backstory like, oh, I built a financial empire, blah, 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 right? I did all this shit, but then the market crashed, and now I'm teaching you how to do this stuff. So it's like clear, you know, it's like some Tony Robbins shit, but not even like, you know, there's only one Tony Robbins. And uh, I keep getting ads for it, and I'm, it's fucking, I'm just going to have to troll this dude. So I stop getting these fucking like business success ads, man, because it's like, if you read, I don't know what your guys' feelings are on self-help, but I feel like if you read self-help, like, you should just kill yourself. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not trying to be extremist or anything. Like I'm not trying to have an extreme opinion. But like, uh, if you're reading uh, books, man, you are already fucked. Yeah, this is a hard. I, I'd, have, last no, I'd have to agree. Well, let me go ahead and put my book down then, so I don't <laughs> be right back, guys. Ten steps uh, on how to right. not there's, suck there's, a podcast. There's nothing like a, a sheer joint and like perspective can just alter that a little bit. Get no, the fuck I out mean, of your stuff. I, hold on. I'm going to do the intro and then we'll jump into this. Welcome everyone to, <laughs> oh, this is going to be awesome. Episode, I don't know, episode of the Another Airsoft, Another Serious Airsoft Podcast. I'm your host, Derek. Tonight I'm joined by Carl. Hello. Cole. What up? Eric. What's going on? Corey. What's up? Beautiful man. And Josh Warren. What's up everybody? Awesome, man. Well, thank you for jumping on tonight. Been looking forward to this one. As soon as when um, Carl and I had the idea to start this shit show, we thought, yo, we should we should really have we should really have Josh on. We were listening to that episode you did. I can't remember the name of the other podcast. It was on the Gorilla Airsoft podcast one that you did. And oh, yeah, I was like, it would be a hoot if Josh could come on our show. So did you actually say hoot though? I don't know. He said nanny, actually. I mean, I'd say that's what I would say about myself. <laughs> Quite the hoot you are. Yeah, like if I was trying to book a podcast, I think I'd do that. Oh, yeah, that's a hoot. Yeah, get him over here so we can hoot him. <laughs> hoot him. Like I saw, I saw Alf. I was actually watching Alphonse's before, uh, before we got on here. So that actually sealed the deal. When I saw the Airsoft Alphonse Bacamole. Was uh was on this. I was like, I gotta do it too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like I like Alphonse. He's cool. Yeah, he's yeah, cool. he's a cool dude. Yeah. All right, where were we? Self help, dude. <laughs> Self help. Like I, I've been getting a lot of ads. Like obviously my ads are tailored to my shit. So like, uh, 
I was married to this dude I was in ROTC with in college for a long time on Facebook. So I still get ads for like men's sexy underwear or gay cruises on Facebook. <laughs> nice. This is like Facebook. It's like as far as Facebook news, like I was married to a fucking dude for years. Right. So, uh, yeah. Know. Yeah. Well, it was like we were trying to protest Don't Ask, Don't Tell because like we would just go tell the cadre like, hey, we're gay together. And they're like, no, you're not. <laughs> okay, Drop Kyle, suck him off yeah, right now. Right. Right. Is that yeah, the extent? Well, is that the extent of the protest? Hey, we're gay. No, you're not. God, all right. <laughs> uh, damn it, that didn't work. Like, yeah, that was the extent of the protest. Uh, but we did it on Facebook just because we knew they were. This was back like when Facebook started. You know, when I, I mean, shit. This was like 2005, 2006 to nine or some shit. You know, so like Facebook was fucking new. And uh, they were when we found out that the casualty were like following everybody's Facebook, we were like, all right, well, we'll just change our status to married. And like, I don't think anyone even asked, I think one dude asked us about it once. And he was like, are you guys serious? And we're like, yeah. And he's like, shut up. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I still get these ads like every now and then it'll be like, you can cruise Fire Island with your husband. And I'm like, fuck, not relevant. You know, like. Yeah, but how, how good of a deal is it? You, I can find a husband if I can go on that fucking cruise for like 400 bucks. I mean, I wouldn't go on a cruise husband or no, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it's just like, just the, um, I'd rather just go somewhere and get fucked up and rent a boat, you know? It's true. Yeah. Cause like on a cruise, like someone else is in charge of you're like that. I mean, I've been on a cruise. Do you like cruises? So the only, the only, the only cruise I was ever on was in the Navy and there's way less alcohol than should be allowed. Cole's so actually afraid of water. He's never been on a boat. He's never been on a boat in his life, and he definitely didn't sell competitively. Yeah, <laughs> which is like the richest, the whitest thing that anybody could do. Do you wear khaki shorts and a polo shirt? What sailing competitively? Yeah, yeah. I grew up sailing my my whole life. Uh, Dopties, lasers, J seventies, eighties, class boats, Rolex Cup shit. Bro, nobody knows what that means. Yeah. <laughs> All I heard was rich, rich. I, I have heard, a boat. I heard Rolex Cup, so. No, no, no. I'm like the uh, I'm I'm like the little broke boy that they're like, oh, this kid actually knows how to sail. Watch his fucking watch his ass off. Put him in a polo and stick him on the boat and tell him to shut his goddamn mouth. That's essentially <laughs> what I do. I teach like rich dudes how to race their boats and they pay for my alcohol. So that's pretty good, man. Not bad. Yeah, that's pretty good. If you I get other people to pay for your booze, you're doing it right, dude. Holy fuck! I was on the USS Taipan for like three weeks. It was nuts. Yeah, that's like, Man, just like in uh, what Junior enlisted, just like the general like life underway on a ship. I'm like, oh, dude, people just fucking in every dark corner they can find. Like, I didn't appreciate till later what was going on. Oh, I was yeah. married, you know, and then like later, my NCOs would be like, "No, man, those people were prostituting themselves to us." Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. All right, so the women on the boat are probably like, I was on the Eisenhower for fucking three years. We did like three deployments in three years. It was fucking stupid. Well, I, uh, I remember one time I was on security watch and I'm walking around the boat and it's pitch black and I can hear some like ball clapping going on and I turn over and I shine my light. There's this dude just balling this chick out. We lock eyes and he fucking tries to like hurry up and finish before I get over there. Oh, man. <laughs> when I was on the boat, they did have like the captain would come on and announce herself and like what was going on and shit. Like, super cheery voice. <clears throat> and then she- they they like shut down the deck at night. Yeah. For that reason. Like while we were there, they were like, okay, decks off limits at night again. And we didn't know what that was for. And then like some people explained it to us. My best Navy story is that I smoked on the Master Chiefs decks with a bunch of privates. Uh-huh. We, we didn't know like which smoking decks. We didn't realize oh, yeah. everything was 
segregated. Yeah. We, we didn't have any rank in our uniforms. So like no one really knew any different. And then we went out to the lower enlisted deck later and saw the same like people that were kind of in our area and they were all locking it up for us. And we couldn't figure it out why. And they kept calling us all master chief. And we're like, what is that? Like how we call people big Sarge in the army. Like you guys see it? Because <laughs> they saw us coming in from that other door. Do you know what I mean? They just assumed, but it was like, we were all status immediately. Yeah, everybody was like 18, 19. We didn't know what the fuck we were doing. I, I, can't, I can't even remember. That's, that's like E 10. It's above yeah, E7. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because E7 is chief, and then E9 is a dude. I can't even fucking remember. Like E9 senior, and then, yeah, E10s. So. How many chow halls are there? Five. Depending On aircraft here, there's five. You've got, like, the main ones. You've got the chief stack. You've got, like, a first-class mess, and then you've got the admiral's mess, which is where you want to make friends with his cook because he'll bring you eggs every goddamn morning, and it's dope. Cole saying he blew somebody for scrambled eggs. Oh, dude, I, I, no, 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 no. I blew somebody for poached eggs, you fucking peasant. Oh, poached? I am a man Is that all culture? I got to do for you? I am a man of taste. I've got standards, goddammit. Exactly, you fucking swine. <laughs> all right, well, I mean, I think on that note, veterans are awful, and, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Talking about how much veterans suck could fill up a three-hour podcast. Oh, God, dude. We, we never oh, run out of time. That's, like, all we talked about on the ride to Copperhead. Yeah, I could, I could write a 10-step self-help book on how to accept <laughs> that you suck as a veteran. Oh, my God, man. I... Yeah. That, that was kind of your bread and butter there. At least, like, I, I don't know much about you. I just remember your, like, every time I heard about you, it was, it was you fucking diamond out some asswipe, like, wannabe veteran in airsoft. Like, I remember, I think the first time I ever heard your name was when the whole Aatrox thing dropped down. Oh, Ivan. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, no. Are we, not, a- are we not going into that? That was the first. That was, the, that was my I intro to. Immediately uh, after Conrad, and I spent the whole weekend with him. Yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty goofy. I mean, he just there hadn't been anybody in his clique that could verify that. That was the problem. Yeah, yeah. And he just disappeared. So I would assume that everything. Yeah, yeah, man. Like he fucking yeah. I mean, he he said a lot of things. You know what I mean? He yeah. I I was around the dude quite a bit because he was he was he was in with like Woody and his crew. The only time I ever interacted with him in person was I went to an op thirty four. Because Javier and Bubba had brought to my attention Javier Franco, the one grunts opinion guy. Yeah. Uh, and Bubba Moore had been like, hey, this guy's in your area and he's full of shit. And I think they were both at that or like Javier. Well, Javier filmed me talking to that dude because like he'd already said a bunch of shit to me online and I could mm-hmm. already tell like that he was full of shit. So I just wanted to ask him the questions again, like face to face and see how he behaved. And like, yeah, I remember Woodcock said something like he. It was something to do with like instead of saying second bat, he said se- second something else. No, nah, like guys don't fucking talk like that. If they were his ranger buddies, where you would when, if you would say like all oh, my ranger buddies, he was yeah. like all oh, my ranger. No, I'm like this, and I was like, oh, you're what? Yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember yeah. Woodcock said it was like something like super like nonchalant is like, what you, you, you know, if, if i said i was in the navy for 10 years and when i'd hang out with all my seamen's it was fun you'd be like don't you mean shipmates right like oh fuck no 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 shipmates the worst thing you can call somebody in the world oh, is it really yeah dude no fuck dude when you said like good morning shipmate it was it was a veiled threat of i'm gonna take you into a corner and skull fuck you i hate you so much wow wait okay yeah. Well, what, oh yeah i mean what's the buddy term uh, 
yeah no exactly it was uh it's it's no it was it generally was just rank shit okay petty officer was mm, it was just like it was just like a verbiage thing do you know what yeah, i mean yeah, yeah. no more than i could convince you that i had served on an aircraft carrier yeah that's right? that's exactly what i remember him saying is it was something to do with just like just like super well but then, off, like if you didn't know, but then, it, you know when i started questioning him on like everything else mm. it was like he knew a lot about some things in the training pipeline but nothing really about the unit or life there or any specific yeah like none of the culture stuff couldn't remember what fucking company he was in you know what I mean? Like that kind of shit where it's like, oh, that's weird. You don't remember the exact platoon company battalion that you were in at every given moment you were in the military? Because like, oh, I remember everybody. I yeah. Actually, most people in the military, whether they're two years or 40. Stolen Valor stuff to me is like the most cringy stuff in the world. I can't. It's always vets, man. Oh, dude. It's I always can't, and I can't stand it. Yeah. And it's it. normally it is some vet who's just like, I guess, not proud of what he did do and just has to exacerbate sure. it. And it's yeah it's bad like i was a janitor or i yeah i did supply or like no so my first run-in with it was actually with a uh it was a family member of a family member who had married into our family and uh he i kid you not said he had somewhere in the range of 180 something confirmed kills and so like immediately like red flag pops up and i'm like cool i want to meet your new brother-in-law dude and he's like yeah he's a total douchebag and this is my my brother-in-law talking about somebody he's related to. And uh, so he comes into town to visit and we're all playing softball together because I used to play a lot of church league softball. And uh, sorry, take what you need. Super professional <laughs> here. Um, but, but anyway, so I went up and I was like, hey, man, I'm like, how's it going? He's like, oh, hey, he goes, I heard you were in the military. I was like, yeah, man, I was in the army for a while. I was like, man, I, I heard you had quite a few kills over there. He's like, oh. Oh, I mean, what are you talking about? And I was like, yeah, man, I I heard you were a sniper or something like that. He's like, oh, no, dude, I was an aircraft mechanic. I didn't do anything like that. And I'm like, awesome, dude. Like, he totally backed out of the entire story. But those are those interactions to me are like the most cringy thing in the world. I've actually seen it in the military. When I left uh, active duty and went to a reserve unit, there was a guy there who was wearing a Ranger tab. It was like a reserve drill sergeant unit. Uh, and like four, four of us showed up like fresh out of second bat, right? Like we're all going to like community college and shit. Like, love did have a successful civilian career, right? And like, that uh, <laughs> yeah, I built right up mighty fast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, uh, and this, nobody had ever called this dude on it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just, nobody had ever called him on it. And I think we were, he was like, he was trying to talk to us about something and somebody started telling ranger school stories and it's like pretty easy. It's like, you can tell a story about any specific job in the military and the institutional training you have to go to it and catch somebody in line. It's super easy. And like, that's immediately when we're like, that dude has never been to fucking ranger school. Like what the fuck is he wearing that tab for? And sure enough, like he didn't have a tab. Do you know what I mean? Wow. Like, yeah. Well, cause it's like a big army, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and you know, like people have those things and how often do they really get called out on it? I don't know. I feel like a lot of people are just like, just, they just don't want to deal with it. Most of the time they're just like, Oh fuck, whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually at the point now I was doing this game for a buddy of mine, a Navy veteran who, who uh, does some stuff for me. He cadres from Milson West. He lives up in mm-hmm. Michigan and he does some games up there. And I was doing this game for him in his local field. And I flipped out on this dude in the staging area who was like wearing all this fucking ass. The funny thing is he was wearing an SAS with like a beret and then but then he said that he bit like he had this crazy special forces war story thing 
thing like he told me and then i was just like i kind of i kind of lost my cool you know what i mean and was like i realized it's just not worth it do you know what i mean like because every everybody else in the situation felt uncomfortable you know like it didn't really that guy wasn't gonna yeah i think I think my big thing was is I was just I was just a, a cryptologist, so like I didn't do any cool shit. I got to like hang out and do intel briefings for all the scary fucking people. But if but, somebody was lying about doing your exact job, wouldn't you kind of like be like, what the "Oh fuck? no no no, I can, I can call them out immediately." But I, I feel like it's different. Like kids who like because I what I run into all the time, but especially when I tell people in the Navy, I run into like kids who like I went to Buds or I was in the SEALs or some shit like that, sure. and I'm just like, oh, "Whatever, dude, I get the fuck out of here." Like I just don't care. I just don't want to deal with it. But yeah, it, it is a little different when it's your like exact job because I run into kids who uh, or will be like, "Well, they'll talk, start talking about like missiles or planes or something like that," which is I did missile defense, satellite vulnerability. Like that was my that was my wheelhouse. And so I get in arguments with people about this shit. It's like, yeah, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And then you get like really overbearing. You just kind of like start chopping them down in every way you can. So that makes total sense to me as far as dealing with dickheads and airsoft who were like, oh, I've got 189 confirmed kills. And derp, derp, derp. And I mean, that's basically because like the go-to story is like, you know, uh, typically people don't lie about being a crypto analyst. You know what I mean? Or, uh, or uh, communications. Yeah, because it's lame. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Very <laughs> and there's there's like two thousand of us maybe at any given time. Like there's it's well, a- that's actually pretty elite. You know what I mean? But like everybody's look, everybody's so obsessed with like this fucking image of like the perfect warrior and all that. What if it's on TV? Yeah, yeah. Like what war is actually about? Yeah, Cole's job is one of those jobs that actually has a future after you get out. <laughs> well, I yeah. mean, well, you now know, what to do with it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean. I, I would say, uh, you know, all of that training just for this moment so that I can make my living del- doing well, airsoft. And yeah. then, you get, you, then you get the people that are trying to take advantage of that shit. And this was the other the other way that I came to know about you. Because my, my very first Milsim was a black sheet game, actually. It was Shelby back in 2014. Oh, nice. I was about that dude and the fact that it's too bad that he doesn't even host anymore. Because, like, he opened that venue up. Well, now, the one thing I will say is that Black Sheep Shelby game, because I think this was the Pathfinder game. I think this was the first one, and it yeah. was dope because the CEO and EXO of the base bet a case of beer on who could beat who, and they were, like, cheating their asses off because they got to control <laughs> over, like, the, the main control station every single hour where that is, like, all the cameras and all the oh, lights and shit. Yeah, and they were just they were just letting us cheat like fucking crazy. Like, hey, there's tunnels under here. Go here, or go out of bounds here and come in here. Or we'd go into a building, and if they knew we had nods, they'd cut the lights off on everybody and let us fucking yeah. like, fuck shit up. It was super fun, and it was the first Milsim game I ever did. And it was I, I had honestly had an absolute blast. And then I think it was very shortly after that when his weird little because I remember he was talking about that uh, PTSD fund bullshit, and now he sells like bras on Facebook. Or something fucking like that. So I don't know what the fuck's going on with it, but I remember that was that was the second time that I ever heard your name was when uh, the the black sheep shit popped up, which seemed to me like after going back and reading through it, looks like that's where somebody took not so much stolen valor, but they took a way to take from veterans <laughs> or like try to like get in on that uh, wounded warrior money. I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, that's, that's what it is for sure. That's the thing that I get on is that fucking wounded warrior money. Cause like I know all kinds of actually wounded warriors that are completely fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? That like, wouldn't want me that they, they wouldn't ask me for shit because like, you know, they got like one leg and they're fucking running marathon still. 
So well, it's like it's like the thank you for the, your server shit. Where you're just like, yeah, fuck, yeah, yeah cool, man, yeah, thank sure. you. Uh, okay, like, I'm just not trying to be the first guy line at fucking Chili's on Veterans Day, you know. <laughs> I thought it was Golden Corral, and I yeah, am it, in line. It, it usually is Golden Corral or, or uh, fucking what's the Australian place? Give my blooming onion, goddamn it! Outback. Outback. Oh, Outback. Yeah, Outback. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, like ultimately. Uh, yeah, it's people who want that wounded warrior. You know, I just don't like it. Like, obviously, I have extreme opinions. I like to express them. Uh, you know, it's definitely a good way to market a brand on the internet. So, I do For, that. Talking um, about other I, stuff, I that wouldn't you know anything lately. about that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like, I mean, professional so, I mean, dicks. <laughs> like, anytime I think people are doing that, like, oh, what was me, veteran thing? Oh God. And, you know, because I just feel way like, yeah. I mean, I use, I use like get the thing going, like I on my website, man. You know what I mean? Like uh, to some degree, my background is relevant. You know. Well, like, so what was the what was the transition from Army to Milsom West? Like, what's because I I still haven't been to one of your events. I really want to go, but I'm really yeah. curious. Like, what makes your events different than like American Milsim or Overwatch Tactics or any other ones that I've been to? I mean, it's a forty hour game, so. That is different. Three hour game, and all your respawns weigh one pound. So you yeah. actually have like, oh, we're gonna go hit this. You know, we gotta have three to one, but we also need to have like three to one on the on the medic bottles and shit, right? So like, okay, we gotta move nine hundred fucking medic. We gotta move nine hundred pounds of water up there. So we need to secure, bro. I was gonna say your your medic yeah. rules is they have to like chug a bottle of water or something like that, yeah. which is a brilliant you know, idea. Yeah. Yeah. So it helps with the dehydration and it makes the game a little more strategic because you also don't want to like, okay, if you've got a platoon that's not doing great, do, you know, you might want to hold back on like putting resources up in their position because if they get rolled, like that's it. You just lost all that. Do you get what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Are, I'll just go to the other team. Yeah, I remember that, that. That sounds super awesome. The first, yeah, uh, no, the, first so the things that make it different are it's 40 hours straight. There's a finite supply of respawns. There's a finite supply of ammunition. Well, Eric, you've you've been to one, right? Or you've at least like yeah, looked into it? No, I've, I the, so the one that I went to was the one that was here in Centerville, Washington, and uh, I remember having a very specific conversation with Omar from Manola Gay because uh, he was my my battle buddy for the weekend. Um, and sponsor. Yeah, and uh, I remember the camp Riley, Eric. What's was that? that? Was that Camp Rylia? That game was that? No, or? Camp Rylia is in uh, Oregon. It's like oh, okay, right, 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 right there in the tip of Oregon. I've played a World War II reenactment game there, um, but I haven't played an airsoft event there. Gotcha. Um, okay, sorry. Go but ahead. the one in Centerville that we were doing, we were doing watch the first night where we like just put logs up between two trees and stacked them just so we had whatever bit of cover. Doing a you know night watch, and I remember it was fuck off cold. And and just shivering my ass off, and I was like, "Hey, Omar." And he goes, "Yeah." And I was like, "This sucks ass right now, but I know for a fact I'm going to want to do it again next year." <laughs> it's that weird, like uh, the worst. The more it sucks, the more you're going to laugh. No, it's not it's even just that. It's like you get, you just get your morale has everything to do with it. And um, there was another guy, um, one of their dudes, uh, Randy. He does a lot of like weightlifting and powerlifting and all that shit. <laughs> Um, that dude had something to say about like, you know, your fitness level has a lot to do with how much you'll enjoy a Milson event. And 
I had just lost like 50 some odd pounds. So it was a lot easier for me to go about doing it. And it did. It made it a lot more fun when you are physically able to. So, so you, you get skinnier every time I see you and it's getting upsetting. Calm down. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to get on that cover at GQ. It's my ultimate goal. You're on the right track. That's I was full of shit. I don't. <laughs> I don't even, <laughs> so how how was the event that you went to, or how was the 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 MSW one that you went to? Because I've Derek's told me about it. He's he's convinced me that I need to go to one. No, absolutely. Sure. I think everybody needs to go to yeah. one at least one time. But the one that we had, um, well, Derek went to. Uh, I went to Chechen. Yeah, you went to an insurgency game. I know. Yeah, had, had, I, I want to go to the insurgency game. So to, I want to hit the one in Shelby. But I saw you. You looked happy. I didn't even realize who you were. Oh, I, I was having a blast, and that was even after we had a sweet trek through the swamp. And when we got back, like half of our platoon quit. I was, I was oh yeah, dude, that's a real thing though. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I was amazed. Yeah, because I went in. I went into the command building to get the order signed to take leave, and as I'm there, I see like six guys from our platoon checking out. <laughs> Really? Yeah, there were a lot of people that were uh, pretty triggered at that game on NATO specifically, because uh, I think they just didn't realize. Honestly, I think that I don't think they realized what the game was going to be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they thought it was going to be a direct action game, and they were just going to be shooting everybody the whole time. No, um, that's not what your insurgency all- stuff's about, no. from what I've seen. Oh, yeah, that's not sure. even the fun part of the game, uh, too. No, no, it's definitely. Not. I mean, if you can, if you can work your way into it it's fine it's always harder for the nato team because i think there's a preponderance of players who are interested in just blasting everything so it's like you got to deal with it but it's hard for the civilians too like okay there were some civilians i know that left who had put a lot of effort into the event and like brought a lot of stuff to kind of set up their building their front for whatever the little organization they were running was well they went ham on everyone like they didn't they went ham on everyone for the first 10 hours of the game like they tried to roll up every business and be like, hey, you work for us now. Like, all your shit is ours now. And they have, like, 15 dudes. But they didn't realize there were clicks that were, like, 60, 70 people deep in there. Do you know what I'm saying? So, like, by the end of the game, everyone's just fucking them up on site. And they're constantly complaining to the police, like, we're getting fucked up on site. But it's like, I mean, we we had staff talk to, like, when they were leaving, they talked to staff. But some of them were kind of upset. It was like, well, they came to the game and tried to rob everybody and then got mad that everybody wanted to fuck them up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a weird game to play because, like, people get mad about, you know, it's airsoft, so like, people already get mad mm-hmm. about like people, my own hits or whatever the fuck, you know, like their expectation, meeting reality, etc. Uh, and it's it's an interesting game type as an admin because, like, you do end up having to deal with like people get deep in the role play and then they're pretty upset, and it's like, well, you know. So I got a couple of questions here on. Uh on youtube if you don't mind answering a couple of them oh, oh yeah. fuck with people watching this right wait is that our first question ever we went from a dislike on our first video in the first five minutes no, to we this. actually have questions this and is- sponsors dang um, baby girl we moving on up any uh no, you guys- any plans to i don't know with them the midwest the assault on Volgograd was great Repeat Wait, what's up? Oh, uh, the first question was: um, Any plans to bring Milson West back to the Midwest? I saw on Volgograd was great. Uh, I mean, I'm working on stuff. Nothing that I would announce, though. You know, 
like I won't announce it until I know it's going to happen. So hopefully soon, hopefully this year, maybe next. No. Okay. Um, this is uh next question says, uh, how would you explain the differences of gameplay between DA? I'm not sure what that means. Direct action. Uh, direct, action. direct action. Okay. Uh, and an insurgency event to a new cam to a newcomer to Milson West. I mean, the, the force on force is just the endurance force on force game. Like it's the basic, uh, what's the basic difference? Um, <clears throat> I mean, the, the insurgency game is just LARP. It's what it sounds like. You know what I mean? Like, it's an insurgency game. So if that's what you want to do, um, I would say definitely don't sign up to be on a team and then get upset. Like, don't sign up to be the most powerful criminal overlord ever and then get upset when you get busted by the cops the whole game. Don't come as NATO and be mad when you're like, oh, well, we were fighting an enemy that was hiding among the populace, and, like, they wouldn't just stand up and fight us when they was ambushing us. And Why won't they wear uniforms? Like, <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't wear uniforms. I can't be Like, don't So the main thing is just knowing what it is. Like, the 40-hour force-on-force and direct action, you, you know, your missions are going to be ambush, raid, recon, assault, right, deliberate defense, things like that, like basic infantry shit. It's going to be like that, and you're going to spend a lot of time marching and staging and planning and getting briefed and all this other shit, right? It's like a much slower game. Um, it's like the Arma of Airsoft or something, right? And, uh, you know, Insurgency is like, I don't know. Insurgency is like Chaos Simulator. Because there's, so there's like tons of games that have like civilian role players, you know? And this is basically like there's a faction that's as large as any of the other factions where... People are civilians, but obviously they all have allegiances. They're just hiding them somehow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not until like halfway through Saturday, Saturday night, that you really start figuring out what team everyone's on. So that part of it is interesting, especially if you like Airsoft, if you play Milsim. It's yeah. almost the chillest way to get into MSW because if you sign up to be a civilian, you don't even really have to march around. Do you know what I mean? Like you don't have to do any of the movement of the bullshit. Like I definitely want to try a civilian at an event. The tricky part about it is you just have to make sure that, like, you have something for yourself to do in the game so you can basically uh, – there's, like, a money system. So it's, like, basically civilians don't start out with any money or any BBs. The civilians have, like, ways – the civilians have no BBs, and the, uh, the occupying force, usually NATO, has cash. And they, like, are supposed to go into town and spend this cash – to get BBs. It's because of the captured BB system. So you can have like a fake economy, right? If everyone's starting out with like 30 BBs or something and they're like, "Go, all right, go play. And you've got this police force that's heavily armed and uniformed and has a lot of ammo. You know what I mean? Like no one can really fuck off too much. But then as more and more like money starts going around. And your economy more, builds. Yeah. The better your role play front is, the more like water bottles and BBs your storefront is taking in. Right. Like, whatever it is, whether you're selling hot dogs or, like, running a fucking tea house. There were, like, people doing ordinance disposal, you know, whatever your front is, right? Uh, card room, whatever it is. So it's like it's like a weird culture presentation game because, like, you and your friends, your squad or your platoon, like, you have, you know, you have to set up some front. Like, so the worst question that we get for the insurgency game is, oh, I want to do a CIA squad with my team, which means – I want to wear polos and use NATO shit and be super strapped and like walk around in town with like operator hats 
and think that no one's going to notice what we're wearing. <laughs> I am invisible. <laughs> we're, and there we're have, have been CIA guys at some <laughs> events, haven't there? Yeah, but they, I mean, bro, like, we didn't have anyone do it at the last one because, okay, look, the right way to play CIA is, like, don't even Not tell anyone. Just, just get the civilian <laughs> ticket and don't say shit. You know what I mean? Like that's the way to do that, right? Uh, that, like that's, that's too big brain. How can everyone? Know I feel like cool I feel like I the stereotypical them? like polo shirt shit is like the essential. Like, it's like the glasses with the mustache thing that you put on. Like no one can see me. <laughs> it's that's it. It's like people wear the same like, yeah. like carrier direct action urban assaulter kit, but like with some fucking five eleven pants and a polo, and they're like camouflage. I'm a civilian now. You know, so it's like the, you know, you you like get anything you get shot show, is yeah, like yeah, that's it. Yeah. I mean, there are people that show up in cosplay as shot show attendees at these games, and usually they don't understand why they're getting hemmed up by everybody because it's like, you know, they're walking around like a crazy person ready to shoot people all the time. Yeah, don't make yourself a target. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Well, it's funny. <laughs> Like, it's, it's funny that it's funny that you say that because in the last summer for like a brief rotation, I was working undercover and one of the things they go over, they're like, don't wear your hat backwards. Don't cut your beard down to a goatee, you know, wear a t-shirt, skinny jeans and chucks. Like that's how you blend in. Don't wear the backwards cap. Don't wear tactical crap. Don't walk around with a sling pack. Yeah. Don't wear, don't wear cargo pants, period. Weren't you <laughs> tell me about you'd like breaking in a door with a jam while wearing skinny jeans? You're no, like, I don't so, know if that was. No, no, no. <laughs> so they hadn't issued me my, my impact uniform yet which is our undercover unit and uh so our first uh it was a different city that had a warrant to serve in our city so they had to have us serve it for them because they don't have jurisdiction so uh they, they give it to us and i don't have a uniform they're like oh no you're good and i was wearing chuck skinny jeans and a t-shirt and so like i put on this massive raid vest which is you know about the size of the old ibas with the daps and everything and an old school like kevlar helmet and we just go up there with a battering ram and just bust the door down and like I walk outside and this chick who's out there like day drinking already on in the you know east side hood is like, who the F are these guys? Like this dude looks like he should be on a college campus with his skinny jeans. But yeah, I, I thought it was funny. You were, you were. Like you don't want you don't want to be you don't want to look like a contractor or you don't want to look CIA. You just want to look like a civilian. Yeah. So I actually uh, I did Russian CO with that event. And what I would do is basically like at a set time, every rotation, we'd all meet. Because there were like 60 dudes all hidden in amongst the civilian population, right? And everyone started the game off in regular clothes. Like we sent like a small patrol out with uniforms because there were some dudes who were like, I don't want to role play. It's like, okay. Then you came to the wrong event. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, Do mean, you like, know okay. what you signed up for? There's the go, door. Go Enjoy. Find large, go find that large group of guys in multi-cam and fucking shoot at them. And then like call us and tell us where they are, right? And like stay there and fuck with them and report back, right? Like, you know uh which, which is fine um but it, so it was mostly just all and for the beginning of the game i was even telling people like don't even carry your weapons around with you because if you get like what we got to do right now is get like fake passports because none of none of the russian players started with like civilian id so even the cops could arrest us and like make it if you get arrested you have to pick up trash or go to jail basically so it's either like two hours of role playing that you're in jail or an hour picking up trash so like most people go with the trash option nice so it sounds like self-cleaning like part I, would of say, I, I, I do really like how you throw in the stuff like the everyone has to hydrate and everyone has to pick up the fucking ao that's 
That's pretty dope. It's like, they do, yeah, they do like they put rules in, in place so that way they do it for them. That's brilliant. Yeah, I like it. Because you can't trust people to actually. Well, in rules. particular, those games end up with a ton of trash. Like, I don't even necessarily mean pick up the litter. I mean, like, pick up the bags. Well, of you've trash. got people like sleep in there too, though. So that makes sense. They're like yeah, sleeping, yeah. make their own foods, you know. I mean, there's people doing like large food services. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's dudes putting out 1,500 plates. Like, Jesus. Yeah. That's not. Yeah, it's tasty, man. Like, they set up like small businesses out there. I, I've yeah. heard about like nightclubs and all kinds of weird shit getting put up yeah. there. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Ah. Like, well, if you if you if you commit to it and realize that it's a it's like a amusement park with a it's, fake economy. It's like a real life video game. Yeah, it's just yeah, a like the real life RPG. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I got to go uh, to one of the clubs, the Glory Hole, once. That was <laughs> That's oh yeah. Eric, did you actually get into the nightlife as a NATO at that game? Uh fuck. Now I have to go to one of these goddamn yeah. games. Motherfucker. <laughs> Time to get on yeah. Amazon and order some All right. tactical pants. Uh, well, and I got I gotta so order like that. CIA. I gotta order like this entire fucking like laundry list. If of you shit if you do know. if you do that tactical CIA shit, you gotta have like like the Cochise handlebar mustache with aviators. Do you see the mustache I grow? You no, baby, you like, don't even know. Like, put it the fake one on top of your real one and make it <laughs> <laughs> double stacked. Super. <laughs> they, I'm I'm the person they call in after the first mustache has interviewed you. Like, hold on, we need to bring in bad cop. It's like a big twirling motherfucker too. Talk with a French accent. So Josh, I think a good experience I, I'm curious to hear about, and a lot of people I don't think have experienced yet is airsofting in other parts of the world that you've been able oh, to go yeah. travel to, like Mexico and Chile and stuff like that. So um, and this is kind of a general thing, but I guess we can start with Mexico. Like I want to hear, I guess, because I heard on the Gorilla Airsoft channel, you're before, you know, like setting up the game kind of, spiel a bit but i want to hear like how the game went and like your guys's experience on that so okay you kind of cut out a little bit there but i got the gist of the question i think you were asking about the just the, the mexico experience mexico and what the game was like event. yeah 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 like the travel down the actual game itself how everything was set up that kind of stuff um yeah sure it kind of reminded me of like the, one of the first milson west events we ever did if that makes mm -hmm. sense um, because a lot of it was new, just being like in a different country, but ultimately, I mean, we have bilingual staff, so it's like not that big a deal. Um, yeah. Uh, Take that, was not as big <laughs> and ultimately it was, it was mostly Mexicans at the game. You know what I mean? I think there were maybe 30 us citizens at the game. Well, it's traveling like, out of country for airsoft is you guys look like you had a so, so, interestingly enough. It's like, um, if you already travel to go to games, right? Like if you're if you're somebody who actively travels around the country to go to Milsom games or three day airsoft events, yeah. you know what I mean? Like uh, most U.S. cities to like major cities in Mexico are like not. It's not that much different than like flying from like L.A. to Chicago or well, Chicago like to Texas. Atlanta. Yeah, that would not what? be bad. You live in Texas? Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like it wouldn't be that bad of a trip, but if I tried yeah, to drive, it'd still be like 14 fucking hours. No, I drove from Austin to Guadalajara. Okay, that's not terrible. That's what it's ten. Like, like yeah, I I drove and I stopped in Monterey, and then I drove to Guadalajara. So it was like it's like sixteen hours from Austin. Was it that far? Shit, I always forget that Austin. I always forget how far north Austin is in Texas. Yeah, well, I thought Dallas is like north. Isn't Austin in South Texas? 
No, so I, I live in like DFW, like Dallas-Fort Worth area, but I always yeah. forget like how, like Austin to Houston's like three fucking hours. Like it's it's nuts. Yeah. Well, and there's not another big ass city. I mean, Laredo is not really a big ass city. No. So it's basically San Antonio and then eventually Monterey. Unless you want truckers and meth, then Laredo is a huge city. Heck yeah. We <laughs> love meth a lot, Lizard. A lot, Lizard power. Oh, God, I used to. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I didn't even fucking say it for days. That needs to be an airsoft event. Lot lizards too. <laughs> but so I mean, the game in Mexico was so it was a lot like that because like a lot of the people had never never played before. You know what that kind of style before. Um, well, I would say how different is it from like the way they play to the way that I guess people in the U.S. play? Because I know like I see uh, videos from people in Brazil and I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? Um, not that different, man. It's fucking airsoft. It's all like it's, that's what I'm telling you. I mean, I play with people in Chile, man. Like, I play with these dudes routinely when they come to the U.S. Uh, we're, we're shit. We're we're putting out sales for a game in Chile tomorrow. Like, That's awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, well, because I, I I've already gone and done a game down there with these dudes, and uh, so what I'm saying is, I don't speak Spanish well. These, some of these dudes don't speak English very well. A lot of them, especially from Chile, don't necessarily. And like, we all know what airsoft's about. Do you know what I mean? So if you're like hearing words, you know, like when you're trying to learn a language, or so you got to learn call your hits and fuck you. There's a different word. Shockingly. So they got a bunch of different, they have a bunch of different words in Chile. Like the slang words are pretty funny. My favorite is taxi, which is a woman with fake blonde hair. Cause it's like a taxi. It's yellow on top, black on the bottom. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 All right, all right, I like that. Yeah, so you can that's tell. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one, right? Um, but they have a crazy word for everything. I'm like, they have their own word for hit. Um, yeah, yeah, they have their own word for hit. Uh, what is it? You were telling us a little bit about your uh, your your experience with it. You said it was the uh, Peruvian the police, or no, that was the, 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 the Panama Panamanian police. You took the picture with. That's fucking cool. How'd that come about? Um. So I, I like missed the connection in Panama because um, they like they changed the gate and I didn't hear the announcement. Um, and so like I'm sitting at the wrong gate in the wrong fucking terminal. And then I realize, you know, like it starts boarding and like I realize I'm at the wrong gate and I'm like, shit, by the time I get over the other gate, like the door's closed. So I'm fucked. I missed my so I got to hang out in Panama for a night. And it was because I checked my bag back in like I left the airport and I had to take my bag to customs. And like they didn't say shit, they didn't check my bag. Like, I just walked into Panama with a BB gun in my backpack. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then I'll uh, take this whole motherfucker over. But then when I flew out, like as I was getting ready to leave, you know, I'm sitting at the gate and uh, I see the police show up. And I'm like, I already know what's up because I've had this happen before. So I just went, I just went up and talked to him, man. Like, and was immediately like, hey, man, that's my bag. It's an airsoft gun because like I'd already been rehearsing in my head like what I needed to say and shit. Um, and that was it. And like, we had to stand there and talk to each other for like an hour. You know what I mean? While I was waiting for them to like get the authorization to get my bag off the plane and like, look at it. It was fine. And then they looked at it and they were like, Oh, that's an airsoft gun. And I was like, yeah, that's what I told you. Well, how'd you get them to take a picture though? Like that's, that's what I want to know. Like most, usually those guys are just like, I'm going to tell you like, I, like, I mean, like we talked, <laughs> uh, just about like the, those basically those dudes were both military veterans so we basically talked about that 
pretty much. Like that was that was pretty much it. We talked about that and like airsoft and like they wanted to know what I was doing and like where I was going and why. That was pretty much it, man. Like and then they checked. That was it. They just had to like sign off on it or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they let me very much normally have to deal with those guys are. Yeah, he doesn't look like a drug lord. He's good. No, dude. Like, you know what? Uh, Just a smile. I've flown with these airsoft guns a lot, and it's like just not that big a deal. Like anybody can look at them. Any any law enforcement professional anywhere in the world can look at an airsoft gun and be like, "Okay, that's not an airsoft gun." And actually, what sealed the deal in Panama is I had I just literally had a copy. I had saved on my phone like copies of the Chilean statutes that basically say it's sports equipment, you know. And I showed it to them because they're like, "What's your final destination?" I'm like, "Chile." They're like, "Well, do you have any paperwork?" I'm like, "Yeah, I got this." And I literally just showed them Chilean law, and they were like, "Okay, that's good." <laughs> Shit! All right. And yeah. You're like, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, like ultimately, that's all it really was. Uh, it wasn't that big a deal. Um, and then when I got to Chile, the guy was like, he scanned my bag at customs and was like, oh shit. And I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, oh, all right. And I was like, yeah, yeah. It's an airsoft like gun. Carry on. Yeah. And he's like, can you show me where it is in the bag? And I'm like, yeah, see, it's right here. And he's like, okay, okay. And I'm like, do you, you don't want me to get it out or anything? And he's like, no, 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 it's fine. Well, you'd assume like, in the expert, they'd see like all the gearbox and all that shit. I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure if you would. You would assume it would go through, I mean, it's, yeah. I've x-ray you would assume you would assume it would go through like basic metal and you'd see like the the stronger like gears and parts and whatnot oh i see what you mean yeah maybe hmm. maybe i mean but if it's got a metal body maybe not right true like if there's already a denser metal outside of that well see that's, that's why i'm curious i feel like at least i would assume i would hope that my gears are stronger than my external like whatever that little shell is that's around it because i fuck holy fuck i beat the shit out of my you gun like gearbox itself though yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the gearbox is, I mean, isn't the external body of like a harder yeah, metal? Than yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Is you just see, like, you would assume you would see the outline of like whatever the hell the gearbox is underneath the external metal. I'm you not sure to test it is to take an yeah. airsoft gun into your carry on and have the TSA. Now we've got to do it. All right, episode seven. We're going to, we're going to fucking. Another series deals with the TSA. So, quick question though. Um, aside from that, what. Like, what kind of got you into Blue Fox Tracker? Like, what got you into the Desert Fox events? Like, what? How did that? How did that come about? Like, what was the origin of that? Because, like, I know you like you do like Milsim West and and whatnot. Like, what? How did that, that, that combination become what it is now? How we come up with the app idea, or just like why did I do that as a venture? No, I mean like not just the venture, but like like kind of like what was the progression or like like what was the kind of the idea it was like holy shit like this could be something that would be beneficial for airsoft. Uh, we were just talking about like what kind of games we wanted to make, right? And then we were thinking about the problems that come up at what I would call like your three day events, right? Yeah. Uh, so like, yeah, yeah, that's basically it. We were thinking about like your average three day mil. Milsom, whatever you want to call it, event for Airsoft. And uh, we're like, well, what? Okay. I think one of the problems is how people communicate. Right. Because a lot of your events that are branded as Milsim that are in a casual play format, like it doesn't attract you. You don't have like the, the leadership. It's a melee, man. Right. It's a you know, six hour, four hour, three hour melee, whatever, eight, 10, you know, uh, 
and a lot of people don't even care. They just kind of want to generally be guided. You know what I mean? Um, and so we're like, well, how can we make this with less staff? Uh, you know, how can we deliver like that good, like, you know, three day airsoft event experience without having to have a bunch of staff and a bunch of cadre moving people around and like all this bullshit, you know, making sure that somebody's guarding all the flags. Cause like, let's think about the standard domination game, right? Like right. point domination, right? Um, you gotta have a rep for like every flag basically, right? You know, um, or you gotta have some rotation of time that you go around and check them, you know, whatever it is, right? You, you have to do that. Someone has to physically go place all those items out on the field, right? Uh, if you just think about like the time it takes, you know, and you, you either have to pay all those people or like motivate them somehow by spending well, time. So I know a lot of people use Maprika now. So like, what's the big difference on their tracker versus Maprika as far as like, I guess shit you can do. Cause it seems uh, like it's essentially based off the same software, or the base based off the same like programming idea. You can track people via their cell phone in a small area. And then they can like change a color or a node to say they're dead or alive or any of that stuff. Uh, yeah, basically. I mean, I don't. I'm not actually familiar with Maprika, um, but basically, it's 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 a game that it's a tool for admins and players um, that lets you set up matches and score them in a very objective and consistent way uh, that forces objective-driven gameplay. Okay. Yeah. So. Speaking of objective-driven gameplay, there was when we were t- we've talked about this on the past couple episodes. I don't know if you were listening. Um, we had one that was this op sunset game that Overwatch Tactics did down here. And they had a really cool idea with their actual like loot crates having shit you would actually want, like EG sixty sevens and smokes and BBs and like all this cool stuff. And it made kids actually fight like tooth and nail for these random fucking boxes in the middle of nowhere. And it made them like. I don't want to call them like instant fragos, but it kind of it kind of created this idea that all of a sudden it was like, oh, shit, we're here. There's this here. This now is more way more important than like whatever the fuck else we were doing, because we're going to get instant respawns and EG 67s and smokes and all this stuff. And sure. it was just like stuff that normally the sponsor would just throw out at the end of the game and nobody cared about. And I thought it was a much better way to reallocate those resources as far as using them. I mean, mm-hmm. as far as that goes, I 100% agree. I don't, we don't do raffles at Wilson West because all the shit sponsors give us. Like, yeah, you, yeah, you guys use them during the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hate, hate so raffles. It's like, um, Standing in the sun for three hours. Oh, my and gosh. So, so and yeah, in the same way, it's like uh, that case is like a Milsom West cadre member because they're the one holding all the respawns, all the smoke, all the BBs, mm-hmm. all the tracer ammo, tracer units, all the shit that our sponsors give us. They're the source of that. Yeah. yeah. So they have leadership. So the idea, so honestly, the idea behind the Desert Fox thing for me and Jet and Brian was just like, well, we all work in hosting events together anyway. We're basically hosting this one niche right now. Um, and that's been successful. So now what? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I like doing this, but like how 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 big can I mean I'm trying to make Milton less as big as I can make it. Yeah, you know? I mean but it's 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 the one people yeah, talk yeah, about. No, what yeah. I'm saying is like you gotta be realistic. And if you're gonna work, uh if you're basically gonna work in entrepreneurship like well you said you've been home like what uh two three weeks out of the fucking year so far yeah yeah for sure 
Yeah, like that's nuts. That's 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 real dedication. I do need to. We do need to cut and do some kind of sponsorship though, because we. Didn't oh yeah, we have sponsors. Right? We we do we do. For some reason, there are people that like us enough to give us cool stuff, and we actually got something really neat. We're going to announce tonight from Manila Gay. Uh, Eric, do you want to do you want to take that off? You're kind of the the props man on that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, sure. Uh, so Darren um, hit me up today and basically said that we are the first official Airsoft um, organization that has a promo code with Enola Gay. So Outside you know, that is cool. Yeah. So um, if you go to Enola Gay and you purchase anything from their smokes to their textile equipment, to um, their dope ass new gloves. Yeah, their their murder gloves that are coming out. The uh, MRDR. Um, basically you hit up, um, ASAP 15. Yeah. ASAP 15. ASAP 15. And you get 15% off your order of, uh, any smoke and textile items on Enola Gay products. So, which is super cool, which is, which is kind of cool. If you think about it, like again, only airsoft organizations that has a promo code. So you guys can get a discount on that stuff. Cause that stuff gets pretty expensive. Shit. You actually use too during the game. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're going to pay for it anyway, you might as well get any discount you can. So, um, they set 15 on an gay products on their website. So go ahead and uh, hit that up. If you're going to be ordering anything for Milsim West or desert Fox events or overwatch American Milsim, whatever your taste and flavor is. So, but not lion claws. You can get the fuck out of here with that. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, no, I was going to say like, I feel like that's dead now. <laughs> not quite. <laughs> Are they it's dead? It's, it's, it's kind of a living corpse at this point. No, it's, no, he's, you know what? Uh, I think John's had a bit of a comeback this year anyway. I've seen, I think it's a lot to do with perhaps Falcon's assistance monetarily at least. No, he just decided to start trying at it again. <laughs> he just decided yeah. to do. Yeah, he just decided to like stop being weird and paranoid. You know, like he started focusing on doing like his shit instead of worrying about what other people were doing. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That, that's a cause. Uh, yeah, man. So yeah. Does, he, does he have decent events? Because I know nothing about John Lou games. Uh, about I mean, one of the first Milsom events I ever went to was John. Okay, I know. I know my buddy Cat. Like the, the first big, like. Like the, I mean, I wouldn't be doing what I was doing for a living right now if it wasn't for John Lewis. So I know the first airsoft videos I ever found on the internet were like Operation, the early Operation I. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think oh that's the God. first one I watched too. So yeah, now that was what made me want to actually like travel and play. Like that was. So the, there's the, there's like a there's like a small modicum of respect that's due for like what to an extent. Yeah, like well, so that's easy, what mean, like, easy, Cole, easy. That's what I mean by like small modicum of respect. Like, because I, I don't know shit about John Lou games. Because I, I came in like, I, I got into airsoft like right before it got like big to where there were actual ops. Like back when there was like, like forum groups and shit. Is the only way you could find ops to go to. And I joined the navy and I got back out. And that's when like AMS picked up, Black Sheep was picking up, like all these other events were picking up. And I was like, oh shit, this is like an actual, uh, like organized thing now it, yeah it's an actual organized thing i can go to and enjoy my like whatever this dumb little fucking hobby is and have fun and hang out with my buddies and like shoot other people with plastic bb's and then out of nowhere it just kind of like there was all this dissent between the three of them the five of them as far as like who's better than what and what does this and what does that and it felt i felt like john lee was always the one that everybody kind of like, like a music genre man 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is like punk shows. So like some <laughs> people like some bands, but then they don't tour with that other band, so we don't go to their shows. So they get like a hot about stuff, yeah. Yeah, dude, it is what it is, man. You I mean ultimately with click. Um, I mean, I'm not even mad about, you know, as far as like me being mad about dumb shit that John's done in the past, like whatever. You know what I mean? It's it's in the past. And like I don't have anything to be mad about. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like but if if I wouldn't have lost that venue, if everybody wouldn't have lost that venue because of John, like then when Guardian Center canceled on like fucking everybody oh that was God. there. Yeah, I that think I have incredible fuck. I went to Iron Horse for AMS, man. That was fuck, that was cool. That was fucking stressful, but ultimately people you know, ultimately uh if if I recall correctly, I think Sal like he put in a good word for us at uh GTI so we could use that as a replacement place. Did Third Coast well, use I don't, uh, I don't think it's as well and I don't think like everybody thinks it's probably fans it's the fans who think it's more cutthroat than it is, man. You know, like uh well, I mean I, I, coming from somebody who's who's at least like been a fan that hasn't been an event promoter or any of this stuff. I do feel like it's uh it very much is like the, the descendants or like the, your fan base is what creates like the rabid bullshit. Cause I know, especially it's like local fields, fields here. It's like, Oh, well this feels better than that field. And this field will host a game. And then this field will hear about it and host a game the same night. And then like, there's, dumb a, little there's, a, like there's a challenge element to the MSW brand that makes people feel superior. And that that is uh, that that's no bullshit. Like, I, I, I mean, definitely, it makes sense, especially when events have a high dropout rate. To say, although if yeah. they haven't if they haven't done broken home hungover, I don't want to hear. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> if they haven't done a whiskey soaked gear run with coal, then uh, I my, mean, gun, my guns are dude, still. I was, as I as I will say once and again, I, I we got we got cornered. I dug a hole, threw up in that bitch, kept fighting, covered that bitch back. up. <laughs> Dude, it was like 120 degrees that day too. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. And we do, you, we you do. can light a match near me and light me on fire. We do need to get out there in MSW <laughs> event this year. We, we do. We really do. So I'm yeah, what are some it. what are some future events that you have coming up, Josh, that you can talk about? Or yeah, uh, so we have uh, the Aziri Front, which is happening May 3rd through the 5th, Victorville, mm. California, former George Air Force Base. It's a force on force event. Um, pretty big event. There's like pretty even numbers. So I'm very excited to see where that goes. We haven't done a force of force event at that site in a while. Um, it's pretty dense urban that basically looks like Syria, you know? Yeah. It, yeah. It, it it looks like a fucking, um, yeah. Hopefully no uh, druggies on motorcycles this time around. Well, this one will be NATO with like NATO rust for, and then like a militia aspect too, because I know like the militia is, is, uh, What's that? Are you coming to that game? I I didn't know about it until just now, so now I'm gonna try and figure out how to make that you happen. Better, you dirty oh, fuck. So um, that now I gotta scramble. Damn. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, no. But absolutely, because I don't have NATO and I don't have Rust for. So if there's a, a militia aspect, I'm I would. Oh, yeah. totally Punk, if you go, we want boots on the ground coverage of this bullshit. Yeah. Through and through. <laughs> I will try to make it happen. When is it again? Let me write that down. May 3rd through the 5th. 
May 3rd to the – oh, shit. I got to, like, like – right around the goddamn corner. Oh, yeah, that's like three and a half weeks. So, Josh, uh, what are some other events you got going on? Okay, so after that Memorial Day weekend, we have an event at a place out in West Virginia. It's a training. It's got a mouth site, a couple other structures. Uh, that is Counter-Strike Saratov. That's about two hours from Washington, D.C. to the east. Repeat um, that. You were cutting out real bad. Okay. Where is it at, Josh? So it's Memorial Day weekend, May 24th. It's uh, nearest a place called Old Fields, West Virginia. It's about two hours, hour and 45 minutes west of D.C., and that's Counter Assault Saratov. It's at a private uh, tactical training facility. They've got a mount site. They have a couple other little uh, kind of mount styled objectives. Uh, it's a pretty large wooded area with some cool mountainous terrain. Now, um, are are your events on Airsoft C3 so people can like just kind of look that shit up and because they uh, are another part we need to mention at some point. Uh, are they it, are on Airsoft C3. They are on Airsoft C3. So if anybody needs to see your events or see any other events like on Airsoft C3, look it up and just kind of click, click, click. I mean, for the I most part. So. For the most part. <laughs> I'm double, he's double checking right now. He's like, oh, shit. Are we on there? Uh, Fuck. No, I don't know. Man. And I mean, yeah. I, uh, I mean, they're definitely on our website. They're definitely on our Facebook. Well, they they're definitely on our Instagram. So, yeah, you can find all that information there. Um, and and typically, I mean, before the event, you know, people get emails and shit, but typically there's a faction planning group. So most people are going to get a lot of their information, like the yeah, there, obviously. When I was so, with a militia group through with the Centerville game, like you get thrown into that group chat so you guys can like plan amongst yourselves and like – it's also kind of a way for staff to figure out like what the different clicks and personality types are before things so, get out. Uh, Especially in a three-hour game, it's like you're actually having to hang out with everybody. Doing the whole one time. thing I was really curious about is your your item rule set as far as like coming to an event and having to have this certain like pack of shit. Yes, I'm I'm curious uh, how. So this this is one thing that I, I I know that this is what most kids are going to want to know. This is like what most people that want to go to Milson Blessing are going to want to know is like, what do they actually need? What do you recommend as far as like, because you you have a you have a laundry list of shit that of course they're going to need for a forty hour event. But like what, I mean, what's the cheapest way to get through it? What do you recommend? Well, what do you hate? What don't you like? Sure. If you go and look at the tax op and you look at the packing list. You, what you ultimately need are the items in red, which isn't really a ton of things. No, it's Let's let's cut this down to like the the items in red. Out of the items in red, like what do you recommend as far as like this, that sleeping bag, you know, whatever. I mean, I remember recommending an extra uh, extra camping mattress, a pillow, uh, some dried pasta roni, dried tortellinis, some fucking sausage. You know, like. I recommend a lot of other things in a rucksack, but at the base level, well, I mean, like base, base. I mean, obvious. Yeah, I mean, at the base level, it's like you know the tax stop is even pretty lax in this, and then it says you got to have cold or wet weather gear, but like you should have cold and wet weather gear. Yeah, unless you hundred percent know it's not going to rain, not a fucking chance. It's it California. Rains. 
That's one of the reasons why I haven't done like the Hill 559 game you guys do because it rains. That that, that's why we do that one like that. It's exactly. Like, but like, yeah, Eric, you clearly have not been to Broken Home. Well, no, okay. <laughs> the difference between yeah, like, I can it's rain, it's hot, I can handle, it's got I can handle northwest rain and cold because like I've lived here my whole life, so I know what like forty hours of rain camping feels like. You think but when you go down into California, it's a different deal because like your humidity is different you're in a different region and all that shit so like it if it hits you differently kind of i, don't I mean know about that, man. it fucking snowed this year so what the else? elevation yeah yeah, yeah Josh, i mean what, 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 about what i'm saying is like game? like out of out of your out of your I'm normal sorry, like requested kit like because i know there's like sleeping bags and this and that and that what are what are I, I guess give us five things yeah. five like something actual products that isn't in the text okay, like, things, like things that by, I care yeah like buy yeah. product like something kids okay. can go like Walmart Maybe or like Amazon and buy yeah that well, kind um, of I got these super dope Arteryx gloves that are yeah, like um, kind of insulated but you can actually shoot with them on where'd you get them from um I got an RI okay, I got your look. You yeah, there you go. Yo, when are we gonna so, get Arcteryx as a sponsor for this podcast? Uh, when I suck the dick next week, I'm gonna go over there. I'm gonna get. I love their shit, dude. I got some of that Dead Bird Society shit. It's nice. It's oof, oof, luxury. Treat yourself. Yeah, honestly, it is really nice. It's uh, the only thing you can flex on people who think cry is nice with. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Here we go. We got. I wear Ching Chongy shit. Forgive me, Dad, for I have Ching. <laughs> like, shockingly, like. Kind of warm inside, but very thin. Uh-huh. You can actually shoot a BB gun with. Where'd you get those from? And it like where, where keeps you normally buy them from? Right, I'm, more of it, like, I'm sorry, repeat that. I mean, I'm sure you can get them on Amazon. Amazon. There you go. All right. If you don't know how to buy shit online, period, then well, no, because some of these, no, 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 this is that's the weird thing. Somebody teach Cole how to internet. No, no, this this is the weird thing about tech companies is tech companies oh, wait, wait, like you can find some list. really cool shit. Like you can't find Spiritus on anything else. Like you've got to actually like fucking look up their name and look up all their bullshit. Okay, but if you, I don't know, I that's let me finish topic. my bullshit list. <laughs> yep, go through it. Oh, okay. go through it. Let's do it. I got a, I got a tripod folding stool. Yeah, I got a pillow because like I just can't. I I gotta have a pillow to sleep, man. Like I don't have to have a pillow to sleep, but, but like makes a damn. Why the fuck? It's no. nice. Yeah. Why the it's fuck? a pillow, man. Like you can put it in a compression bag. It's yep. fine. I have a little inflatable <laughs> yeah. pillow that I take. It uh, makes my butthole feel modifying. So why not? I mean, hey, look, it's just like that's what it is. Like, I have spent plenty of time sleeping on the ground. You know, I, I enjoy doing it. I mean, even when I go camping for fun, like if I'm going hiking on, like I take a pillow, man. It's worth it. Like it's just fucking worth it. So, and that tripod stool is worth it too because if it's fucking raining, you don't want you don't want to sit on the ground to put your shoes on in the morning. You know, like that sucks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, so definitely that uh, a whoopee cap, mm-hmm. uh, like a fucking nice beanie. Yeah. It doesn't even matter, man. Just like have it. You know what I mean? I, I think I have two. Something like, over the years. Yeah, like something. To, yeah, because you never know, and like sleeping is just makes life a lot better. Um, and then I think my food setup, man. Like I, I just cannot fuck with MREs. So oh, no. yeah, I don't know. I checked no, 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 no. one of our guys just stopped at McDonald's and bought like 25 hamburgers. <laughs> I just ate those all weekend. 
I mean, that's a pretty gross option, but you know, uh, <laughs> you're a disgusting human like, being, Derek. Like the like the aftermarket MRAs, those things are fucking delicious. No, they're not. The aftermarket. Yeah, like, yeah, like, what did you get at Walmart? Those shut, shut your mouth, man. <laughs> Anybody who's been in the military for more than a week better. and has done one field training exercise will never say anything like that. Yeah. After, after you pass that football-sized dookie like three weeks later, <laughs> never again. Never again. No, thank you. No, thank you. Like, no. I'll make, I'll make like, you know, pastas, rice dishes, like anything I can basically do in a, in a jet boil. Heck yeah. Uh, jet yeah, I mean, you can do, you can do a yeah, that was something else I wanted to ask is if you think it's worth the, the space and the weight to bring a jet boil out for hot food. Oh yeah, man. I mean, it's just like such a fucking morale booster. And like, I bring tons of little yeah. soup packets. Um, I'll bring like super coffee packets just cause like, I remember when I was out at the, mil- like about the Milson West games and I'm sad it doesn't rain at every single one. Like, <laughs> when I first got an airsoft out of, after I got out of the army, uh, you know, I was getting owned by like fucking 12 year olds all the time. You know how to, you know, it's just like, mm-hmm. it happens. You get out there and like, you know, it's an airsoft. Nobody's scared and some people are good. And, uh, you know, I was getting really triggered and like wanted everyone to thank me for my service. And I was like, well, I'll just come up with a game that's like more like, the real thing which is like you know it's not about uh what you can do for four or five hours it's like what you can do over a, a long extended period of time um, what's the uh, longest event milston west has ever run we did a 65 hour event once damn that was a bad i mean it was cool but like <laughs> from a from a business perspective it was like not worth it if that makes sense like it's just people everybody at the end said how great it was but I remember the last 24 hours, how fucking salty everybody was. Yeah. Like everybody, both sides, just the salt levels through the room. And then it was funny because as soon as we did the RA, everyone was like, do it for four days. You know, and it was like, <laughs> you guys just wanted to kill each other. Like, what? Oh, man. Everybody it was like, slap I, happy. I went to the AR and was like, man, everybody hated this game. You know what I mean? Like, I thought it was going to be this doom and gloom AR. And everyone was like, oh, it was awesome. More days. I, I assume you do an AAR after every event. Yeah. So I mean, instead of a raffle, we do an AAR because yeah. we've already all the shit the sponsors give us. Like, brilliant. Already- yeah. No, that's that that's brilliant. And it's an actual AAR. It's not. Uh, it's not the guys claiming to do an AAR and just complaining for like thirty minutes. No, I cut people off. Yeah. Like, if you have a legitimate complaint, and and it's something that we can improve as an organization, <laughs> yeah. you you do sustains, you do improves, all that. It helps you not get roasted on the internet so bad. Although, yeah. like, definitely some people will still try and roast you on the internet. But, yeah. you know, there's definitely fans. You know, it's like there's people of the, you know, you're in this there's hobby, man. Like, though. you want to be heard, you know. Uh, okay, so here's the only shit talking I'll do on John Luke. <laughs> um, yeah. No, seriously. Uh, it's just a perspective thing. Yeah. yeah. But I remember the first time I went to his event. I went to his event a couple times and they, like it was fun. I went with a big group of people. It was fun. Um, it was that like they spend all this fucking time like just like putting veterans up on a pedestal and military service up on a pedestal. Uh, and that time could better be better spent like by the audience telling them what they liked and didn't like. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just, like what it a waste. Was more of a pa- they, they made it a pageantry, it sounds like. Well, and like ultimately, the best cadre, the best practicing cadre at Milson West will do an AR after every fucking operation. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Like that was 
like as soon as you're done, you all got y'all muster up and yeah, like, like, ask okay. questions and like have your voice be heard. And it's like an actual like consideration and you either get an answer back or you at least see some kind of improvement in the next couple of games. Totally. Totally. I mean, we actually track like so we have somebody note take during that and yeah. we'll actually like put that shit. We have like an expel spreadsheet and we'll kind of track like there's certain either ones we think are good or like recurring issues and we'll track them and like, you know, try and develop solutions into a lot of them we have. Like to some extent, the rule set reflects that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, we rewrite that thing like about every two years. I mean, I can I can say that, you know, from an observer, I've only been to one event, full disclosure that, you know, I'm not like, well, I've been to a whole bunch of them, but like I, I've been to one to know that like I've experienced it first off, but like by watching third party and seeing it, like I, I can notice that it is being implemented now um, improvements what, and whatnot. One thing is, do you, you guys do feel like there needs to be variety in airsoft for this? Oh, for sure. Weird well, little hobby, like because. Like well, like Corey and I went to the, the the like the super larpy version of a game a while back for Overwatch, where we did the the Overwatch or the Division Two release game, and Ubisoft yeah. actually sponsored the fucking thing, which is nuts. I know that's super cool. Like that's, yeah. that's they didn't actually do anything, but uh, technically they threw their name on it, so that's still kind of cool. But it was really neat, and they they did a lot of really cool things. And I feel like that's the only way Airsoft is ever going to like evolve and like really do some shit as far as I wouldn't say I wouldn't say necessarily evolve I would say more like it's it's always going to be a very niche sport or it's a niche thing but I think it gives people that option to to have more fun like you have the Milsim West which is its own like very I've always equated airsoft to like LARPing with guns. That's it's this exact well, yeah. same thing. Yeah, it's the exact same thing. It is because of the way it's designed. So like paintball is a sport, whereas airsoft is a game. The way it's designed is the thing can be objectively scored. Yeah, th- that's the really cool thing is talking like about how it's yeah exactly how it's scored. Yeah, I mean that's why that's why we have blanks at Milsom West is because like that's supposed to be a Milsom war game not necessarily an airsoft game because ultimately whether or not we hit each other is irrelevant. And y'all were the first ones to do that, right? No, no. Okay. Uh, you know, the lights were awesome at Tetra. I remember the very first time. I mean, somebody, somebody maybe was, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to say. I mean, I've seen video. I saw a really cool video. Yeah, of like, I went to a that I was mentioned earlier. The one that was like a world war two reenactment, everything was blank. And you basically, the rule set was if you saw the flash and you look like it was pointed at you, you're dead. Period. Yeah. Pretty much. Oh, so, like, if you've done any kind of reenactment with blanks, you kind of have that background in it. And if you've experienced that blank fire deal, then you can kind of move that in towards the airsoft I'm hit experience. So, like, okay, well, you know, you're adopting the second real bit. I mean, honestly, there's still people that bitch about hit calling a reenactment. Like, how? So, the dudes who started Milson West, most of us, we're all into this like World War tactics. Probably the same people you went out with. What unit did you go out with? Um, oh, it was I was with a German troop. The second SS dudes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bieber, bad hands. Uh, crazy fucking I, Indian. It's been a couple years, so I don't remember. But if you go through my Facebook, like all the way to the beginning, you'll see pictures of me with like a shaved head in a full German uniform. And like I've got my rifle and shit. Like it's the same event. I'm pretty sure we were probably both at that game. Vermont or FS? 
Um, shit, I think it was in more like of a mountain troop. So I might not have been with the SS troop. So it was Fairmont. Okay, I don't know. Those so I say, speaking of games you've went to, you came to Reindeer Games this year, and you were super fucking incognito. Yeah, it was hilarious. I that, did do- that. That was one of the cool dude. I I remember hearing people. They were like, because I was actually in, all right. So I was a platoon leader in charge of Derek and his little fucking faggle of dudes, and they were all <laughs> so dick hard for you, man. It wasn't even funny. And so into the game, like, no, there's a lot of Melson West diehards well, we were playing with. They're Derek's boys, but they were like, they were talking about you the entire time. Like, oh, he's here. He's here. He's here. And like after the event, I was like, what the fuck you idiots talking about? And I saw pictures. I was like, oh, shit. He was there. Holy fuck. That's crazy. So, yeah. like, what was your uh, what was your mindset like sneaking into that game? Well, I didn't really sneak in. Well, I mean, yeah, nobody <laughs> like nobody announced the fucking thing. Nobody was like, nobody was like, Josh Warren's coming to the game, motherfuckers. Yeah, I mean, I showed up late, so you know, I came to see people that I knew. Um, I'd already talked to Bo and those guys before I showed up. Yeah, yeah, like it wasn't like I snuck in. Um, no, you snuck into the game itself. Well, no, no. We, we I just meant yeah. like you, you snuck into the aspect of like nobody knew that you were no. gonna be there. Yeah, like I worked. And then it just popped up on social media and we're like, oh, it was a, oh Slavic squad, what's up? Um, yeah, I don't know. I just like didn't uh I had like a finite amount of time to go play with people that I knew. You know what I mean? Some dudes some dudes that I work with called me and were like, Hey man, you got to come out here. We're having a good time of the game. You know? So I was like, okay. And, and I went to hang out and play and, uh, I had a pretty good time. So you do I have a good time at AMS events. Too. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, which is how did the rushing Russians come about? Because I had never really seen a Russian Ooh. kid, at least in Colorado or anyone using that until I started hearing about the RR chapter. <laughs> started seeing them i feel like they brought oh, they've been um, a russian kid that in the team is a product of a lot of different people at this point um like I, I don't even have as much to do with it as a lot of other people now um although like i still do it's like a definitely a big part of my life um just that entire social group but uh the basic idea i was working as a ref at this airsoft field with a dude who is back in the army now and uh he was like you think we could start an airsoft team and i was like yeah sure we just like need a hook and a name and he was really into collecting russian gear and shit and playing in it and he was like well let's have it be russian stuff only and i was like all right russian russians and that was like i don't know a long time ago that was like 2002 2004 no it wasn't that long ago um I've been in airsoft. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like 14, 12, 14. Not it was like 11, 2011, 2010. Hmm. Yep. I remember you guys came out because I remember that was the big controversy. It was like Russian Russians pee on some kid as a fucking the hazing ritual. And everybody's like, what the <laughs> fuck are you people talking about? I don't know about that. There's definitely a video. Well, Cole's drunk, so he's... No, 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 no. I'm very... No. Can we cue the R. Kelly memes now? I didn't yeah, do that. That's not me. Let's just start a bunch of Milsim West rumors right now. Yeah. Uh, no, man. That There's a video... There's like an R.R. Hazing video on YouTube, but it's just some dude like fucking doing burpees while people yell at him. 
And that dude's like a chapter leader now. You know what I mean? Like this is like five years ago or something. It's cool. It's like an airsoft frat. It's kind of neat. You know what I mean? It it's grown beyond yeah. like yeah. it used to be. That's what I was it, saying. Yeah, it used to be a local team in Seattle. Yeah. And then basically like we just, you know, everywhere there's these groups of friends that decide to make like teams, right? And there's always that one group of dudes that like wants to wear Russian themed stuff. And as it turns out, like a lot of the dudes that were involved in the community were heavily into collecting. And so they started getting gear from like special operations units in Russia. And, you know, like it was, it ended up being kind of a thing on the internet because like they, it was good enough that they were tricking. I was going to say, you got, you guys took off more than I, I, I can't think of another like airsoft group of people that ever took off more than Russian Russia. You guys were just like, I was There's GMR say, for sure. Well, yeah. GMR for sure. But th- those guys, those guys took off. Those guys took off for like really for fucked up reasons. reasons. Like, like oh, we're we're so cool. We're we're nods and repel down. We're not supposed to and like do all this fucked up shit and da da da. I mean, that's what I hear. I I mean, I know Paul and like all the shit people say about him. I mean, yeah, whatever your taste, I met him at Shock yeah, Show. Whatever, I guess whatever your taste may be as far as like airsoft fashion and like your approach to the game is, you know, that's a stylistic thing. I would say, I mean, I, I know him to be a pretty chill dude. He's got like, you know, he's like a dad. So, uh, I've never, I've never seen him do Coke. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, it's like, it, I'm certainly maybe not he's past him. Maybe he's, maybe he's gotten past yeah, who knows, man. So, like, I've never seen him. I've never seen him stab anybody. I've never seen him do Coke. <laughs> I remember, like, because, like, being in from the same area that Rushing Russians was based out of. I'm right. You said it was based out of Seattle, right? Yeah, at first. Yeah. So, like, that's uh, you know, that's where I'm from, and um, I remember, like, when Rushing Russians was like kind of building up, and they would hear about him, and they're basically like meme trashing people left and right, and, and like everyone was like, "Oh my god, they're like the worst!" And I'm just like, "You guys, come on!" Like. I don't really understand it. Well, that being said, I, 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 like, I like, it's not that bad. Calm down. Like Jesus Christ. It's, I, I found it's, you got a bunch of assholes dropping in through windows. Pretty much anyone who's villainized in air, not universally, but a lot of times if someone's like, man, fuck those guys on internet airsoft, they're usually <laughs> not nearly as bad in real life. Yeah. Well, everybody yeah, jumped on that go. train is the problem yeah. is like one person says it and is like, yeah, fuck those guys. And then of course it's the internet. So everybody's like, yeah, fuck that guy. Well, like so. we, we all know somebody who, who was villainized and we're like, Oh, it's a cool guy. And we all know somebody's villainized and they're like, Oh, that guy sucks. And you're like, yeah, that guy actually does. <laughs> He's terrible. <laughs> What the fuck are we going to do with him? And no one can name that person. It's terrible. It's the worst goddamn thing in the world. It fucking sucks. Because you're like, yeah. Uh, it's taking Cole like 10 minutes to work his way past his S's now. Oh, <laughs> God. God. Oh, God dang it. No, but I've seen, I mean, like, I, I talked to a couple of, you know, obviously rushing Russian dudes that are here in Colorado. Uh, Josh, like Chris Barr, he was just telling me your guys' like camping trip that you guys have gone through, and it just sounds awesome for yeah, yeah. how much you like exploded the rushing Russians. So that's cool. So. I mean, there's other people who are definitely uh, way more involved, but I still enjoy it for sure. Um, yeah, it's cool to uh, I don't know, yeah, it's just cool to like travel around and see people having 
the same experience with airsoft to some degree just because yeah. like yeah i've been in it for a long time man i've been playing since probably 2006 but i've really never not hosted like the first airsoft game i ever went to some guy like paid me to be cadre at his game basically so do you pay your cadre hell yeah that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about that that uh a lot of other event hosts don't do that oh god yeah i mean honestly like our day rate is good enough that if you have a big boy job you can take three days off nice yeah uh we're super proud of that too like honestly <laughs> our biggest expense is the cadre mm-hmm. what you yeah. should do is if you as Corey can say if you're platoon leader for an event you're not playing as much as you are working well ultimately the platoon leader gets to be a player the platoon sergeant is the cadre because like he's oh. the one that's actually like no fucker go ask your squad leader for ammo. Don't just come up here like a dick. Like, did you report to, did you tell your squad leader how much ammo you got left? Then why are you fucking up here talking to me? Yeah. Like he's, he's the one that has to enforce all the discipline. Like he's the one that's like, no, you don't get any medic bottles. You're stupid. And like, send. yeah, well, your sounds like it's much more of a legitimate military setup or military yeah. style setup versus what I'm used to. Yeah. It's totally that it's totally a, uh, yeah, because I mean, like, there's got to be different flavors, right? And right. basically, yeah. I had already kind of come up with this game format with friends before, and we had run events like this in the realm of reenactment. Yeah. Um, and they were cool, but like, only so many people want to dress up that way. So, you was that, I mean? yeah, was that like the natural evolution for you going from yeah. reenactment to airsoft, just incorporating the two? Well, no, we used to do this reenactment airsoft plan. Okay. Had, so, like, Brian and I have been producing together. But we work for other people under different brand names. Um, we worked for this group called Battlesim for a really long time. Um, and so we had already done like a national tour with that thing. But it was just all, all the games were either World War II or Vietnam kids. Yeah. You know? um, and then like we both kind of got out of Airsoft for a couple of years and then we started getting back into it. Like it was the same group of buddies. And we got out of Airsoft and we got into World War II tacticals for about three or four years. Um, and that was cool because we went into that hobby where like everybody was pretty much old and middle-aged and like nobody wanted to get aggressive and like no one actually took cover. Like I, my, my pet peeve in reenactment is for the most part, there's some pretty good groups out there where like they understand that the weekend is just about like playing out these moments and being yeah. part of it. Um, so they're, they're great about calling their hits, acting out their deaths. Some guys surrendering and being like, oh my God, don't, you know, like you might actually see in small unit engagements, right? Like, so this was awesome. Thank you for coming on, by the way. Oh, are we done? Yeah. Cole's been done for the past 30 minutes. No, but seriously, thanks for coming on. We, we appreciate oh, it. Yeah. We'll, we'll definitely, definitely have, you have you back on again. Yeah. If you don't hate us. <laughs> oh. I feel like awesome. you had more fun here than grill podcast. <laughs> oh man i mean if it was gorilla podcast we'd just be pouring up more i think <laughs> those are fucking pretty long i don't know i mean this i guess this is 90 minutes all right yeah i mean thanks for having me on dudes like it's always cool to talk about airsoft um before i bounce out where can people go and find you or milson west if they're interested if they haven't heard you desertfoxms.com sweet cool cool all right, thanks, dudes. Awesome. Oh, no, we left.
The actual <laughs> desert fence account. Ugh. You chased him away. Cole. God dang it, Cole. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, no, nothing I did. I, I drove that entire goddamn right. conversation. Yeah, like Eric, Eric or Derek, Eric, let me message him real quick and just, yeah. <laughs> so, dude, Eric I, or Derek, just somebody message him real quick and be like, yo, we want to talk to you not live. Oh, dude, I lost it so hard <laughs> like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> I'm just watching Cole, dude. He's, he's trying so hard to talk. Would you like to um, run the outro and give our last Oh, do we plug? still need to do an outro? I, yeah, I think Corey, so. We're you still live. Fucking asshole. Um, come on now. I just, I'm just calling it like you are. Hey, uh, broken home, I'll spit in your face. Do it. <laughs> You've already thrown up in my equipment, so it wouldn't be anything new. Anyway, I told you all my disclaimer on Instagram that at least two of us were not going to be sober. Ugh. Oh, come uh, on. I, 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 came through with my, I came through with my end of the bargain. Yep, uh, I hey, think Cole wins the you. contest. None of you oh, assholes were talking oh, shit. I'm None of y'all said a goddamn thing the entire goddamn time. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I want to say thank you to Enola Gay for um, for being a sponsor and giving us the coupon code ASAP15 for 50% off. Uh, any, any products? Yeah, no, we'll do it again. Shut your mouth. Airsoftc3.com <laughs> uh, and set up a player profile. Oh, good Lord. Dedicated service uh, for for Airsoft's dedicated social social network. Uh, thank you for Josh Warren for coming on, and um, don't know what episode this is. Don't really care. So thank you for tuning in. No, do and- the intro. <laughs> Come on, you got to. Airsoft. <laughs> <laughs> the premise is that uh, Airsoft Podcast only left one episode, and I don't give a shit what episode this is yet. Uh, and thank y'all for tuning in. Yes! Cole, Cole you're yes! the- I'm going to go get Josh back. Yeah.